Welcome to CCM in 3D. I'm Dan. I'm Derek. And that will make me dig. And we are the 3Ds, and this podcast is all about classic contemporary Christian music centered around 1985 to 1995. Week reflecting on some great music, and we have a deep dive this week into Amy Grant's Lead Me On. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yep. Excited for this one. Amazing yes. album released in June 1988. So this makes it three years removed from Unguarded. About. That about. is true. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's so we're right. 32, yeah. 32 years ago, guys. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That wow. is. That is that is really crazy. Um, it, uh, so we're coming off of Unguarded. And it in 1989, it actually gets the Grammy for Best Gospel Performance Female. Mm. So in the next year, and then it also wins a Dove Award for Best Album of that mm. in 1989. Um, and so a lot of amazing recognition on this CD uh, or this this album. So Derek, do you have the top 100 where it falls? I do. Yes. Book? Yeah, uh, so the one the book Dan is referencing here is the hundred greatest albums in Christian music. CCM presents. Um, can you top have, five? It's got to be top five. It is top five. I will give you that. Yes, it is. I think I know. I think five. I know what it is. Okay, go ahead, Dan. No, is it number one? It is number one. Number yep. one. Yeah, it is number. Now, how one. do you guys? How do you guys feel about that? Do you agree? Um. Yeah, I um. When I picked up this book, I figured that Larry Norman's just only visiting this planet would be number one, just because it was kind yeah. of a the the first, you know, it's kind of the. Right. But um, when did the book come out? The book came 2001, out one, right? I think that's right, Dan. Um, two thousand one. Yes, you're right. Okay, you're right. Okay, so there yeah. was stuff after this. Ugh, boy, you know. I think probably in relation to all the other ones, it's it's a really good contender. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. yeah I'll, Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's hard to argue that it isn't, although we've talked about this before. We don't really like, in the three of us, to say greatest, we like favored better. But yeah. It, this is certainly the discussion of greatest. Right. Right. Yeah, I think at some point we plan to kind of put together our own 100 list, the DD, the, the 3D 100 album list. Um, we definitely, I think we all three agree that when you when you kind of toggle over into greatest, you're really on sub, you're you're on sub subjective ground. It's hard yeah. to really know where you are, but you can definitely talk in favorites, and I think that's what mm-hmm. Dave's getting at. That we all have our favorites, and we can kind of sit together and put our heads together and come up with a hundred favorites of the three Ds. Do you guys want to know what the top five is? Have I ever mentioned what? Okay. So uh, obviously leave me on is number one. Number two is only visiting this planet by Larry Norman. So that came in at number two. Mm -hmm. Um, Three is liturgy legacy and a ragamuffin band. Wow. So um, number four is secondhand by Mark Hurd. And number five is for him who has ears to hear by Keith Green. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, well, very um, rich obviously got a bump from having passed, I think, a few years before the book uh, was written. So, I think that was kind of fresh on everybody's minds yeah. that Rich had just passed. Um, but yeah. I would not, I would not argue with two of those five, and those two being Liturgy Legacy and then this album, Lead Me On. Those are, yeah, those would be in my personal top five favorites. That would be right there in, in somewhere in the top five. Well, and all five of those are Hard. really iconic. 
CCMR. Yeah. Yes. And it's so, yep. I mean, of all Amy Grant's seed albums, this is definitely her best. I agree. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. But it's very different than if you got hooked to her music in 1985 uh, with Unguarded, and then you go, all right, Amy Grant's got a new album coming out. Whoa. <laughs> you know, major yeah. yeah. change right. direction. And I don't know how that plays with people. Actually, it didn't play with people. It, did, it, it didn't yeah. do very well on radio or anything. I was going to say, why don't you delve, delve into that? Do you have some of that in front of you, Dan, how, how it did? Yeah, just, sort of I mean, the album itself did well because it, it um, did well in the Christian circles, but not charting at all really on Billboard where her previous album did. Um, Saved by Love barely made it in to Billboard. Um, and, and the rest of them were just really not good for, okay. for the, for the secular yeah. market. Yeah. Right. Right. Now I remember seeing a music video for lead me on, on VH1 back in the day. And yep. I went out to YouTube to see if I could find that, see if I was remembering that correctly. So that was out there. Somebody's digitized that and put it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to make a statement and this is a, this is a preliminary, this isn't a deep dive into any tracks yet, but this is not a singles album. I, no. I do not think this is a singles album. It's not a it's not a concept album, but it's definitely if a, an album where if I hear Shadows, then I want to hear Saved by Love next. If I hear Saved by Love, I want to hear Faithless Heart. And if I hear right. Faithless Heart, I want to hear What About... It, it just <laughs> builds on itself. It does, um, yeah. It, there's not... This is not a good. If this would be kind of a radio promotion person's nightmare. Yes, very. Yeah. I don't hear a single. Right. No. You know that sort of thing. But right. man, do I hear an album, and that's. Oh yeah. That's that's the strength I think of this of this disc. Well, and the sound is much more organic than Unguarded. Yep. You know, you've got acoustic players playing amid mandolins combined with electronic instruments with these lyrics that are just deep and personal and it's just completely different. And then in my opinion, we haven't talked about hard motion yet on our podcast, but I think they obviously, in my opinion, were overcorrected toward the commercial side with hard emotion. Yeah. They really intentionally went commercial mm -hmm. with that album. I think maybe to make up for this. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Dan, this is, this is our best album. Oh, well, and so the previously unguarded was certified platinum million and this one certifies only gold 500,000 so half wow i find it hard to believe this album hasn't gone platinum oh, 32 since. years yeah, later yeah. yeah since but okay so it has since okay really liking got it <laughs> yeah. got it okay all right yeah all right but uh wow. i was gonna be really i was really gonna be shocked if this thing in 32 years hadn't sold a million right albums. right that, yeah yeah but uh yeah and then uh the players on this CD are just oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So huge. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to start with my favorite, Mike Brignadello. <laughs> it's all over this yep. thing, and I love it. Um, we've got Jeremy Pherson, Pauline. Uh, we've got uh, Michael Wright, Dan Huff. Uh, well, Michael Wright's on it. Chris Harris, Chris Rodriguez. Um, who else am I missing here? That you want to point oh, out? Gosh. Lots um, Mark O'Connor, who is a, a famous fiddlist, uh, fiddle player and, and mandolin oh, yeah. player, plays mandolin on Say by Love. He plays the incredible, incredible fiddle solo on Wait for the Healing. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, it's um, Shane Keister, Wanker Patrick, 
are some of the writers. Um, Gary Chapman was involved in some of the writing. Um, you got uh, Bill, Bill Champlain from Chicago. And then that's Tommy right. Fire, I was getting, yep, yep. yep. Background vocals. Yes, that's right. And Jimmy Lee Slows plays bass. A uh, really nice bass part on the last song, yeah, Say we'll Once More. About that one. The bass kind of yeah. figures heavily in that. And then, did you notice who plays um, Hammond B3 on Say Once More? Did you catch that? No. Ben Montench, who was the um, Hammond B3 player in uh, The Heartbreakers, Tom Petty's band. Oh, really? So, yeah, wow. they brought in Ben Montench wow. to play um, Hammond B3. And I she mentions that. In one of the interviews, um, if you if you happen to run across a copy of the 20th anniversary edition of Lead Me On, um, it has a, a bonus disc where she talks about some of the songs, and then there's some live music from that tour. This is the only live Amy from that tour, which right. is a crying shame. Right. Yes. Because... Yeah. I saw this show live. I'm sure Dave was there when I saw it, so I'm sure Dave and I were at the same yeah. show. What were we sitting, Derek? Front, front two rows. I was at the second row. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> One man. You guys we probably got nachos together or something. We probably, probably. did. We yeah. Pr- yeah, we probably did. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny that um, that's the only live stuff we've got is on this Right, um, 20th anniversary edition that's out of print and is very difficult now to find used. It's really uh, hard because we find. just talked about our live albums a couple of podcasts ago. And we were lament- lamenting yes. how we didn't have anything, yes. and then here they have snippets of it on the 20th anniversary. Uh, yeah, yep. I, I believe it's on Spotify, so yep. you can catch it there. Mm-hmm. But boy, you just yeah, yeah. disc. And I've, I've come across on YouTube some videos from that show. So if you want to really, you know, if you really want to see it live and try to experience what it was like, you can see some of those videos on YouTube. Oh, that's great. I'll have to go do that. Yeah. That's great. And produced by Brown Bannister, which we've talked yep. about Brown's nice. production in the past. And so he does an amazing job here, you know, segueing from Unguarded to this. <laughs> so that's a yeah. tough, tough, yep. tough job. But it's like, oh, wow. Okay. You want to go in this direction? Um, yeah, and uh, so I mean, even, even just looking at the tracks, you can see how different it is. Just the names, right? So shadows, uh, faithless heart, uh, wait for the healing. If you have to go away, you know, I mean, it just sounds very different than Ungarded's, right? It, yeah, and I, just to to put a fine point on the whole 20th anniversary being hard to find, I just looked on Amazon. You can get a used copy for twenty eight dollars twelve cents and free shipping. So okay. there you go. Well, so currently, uh, ships from somewhere in the United States looks like the Washington area. So if anyone wants to, if any one of our listeners wants to gift us with the 20th anniversary physical disc and a diet Dr Pepper, leave me on the 20th anniversary. Yep. yep. Send those send those cards and letters to PO Box Three <laughs> Ds. Nice. That's right. Which, so here's the obligatory question, guys. Do you have a copy of Lead Me On? Do you know where my copy is? Yeah, in the hands of yes. some thief. <laughs> oh, that one is. Yes. Yes. Oh, so I do not. Here's mine. Nice. Right here. Yeah, here's mine right here. We Wait, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you say you had Perfect. the originals? Not the 20th anniversary. Yeah, not. I don't have the okay. 20th. Do you, Derek? I've got a remaster. Um, okay. She put out 
um, a whole bunch of stuff in 2007 under Amy Grant Productions, and I saw this one in a Christian bookstore and and knew it was a remaster and snagged it immediately. So nice. Um, nice. occasionally you'll find stuff like that. So yeah, I, I sure I sure jumped on it when I saw it. Another my, great thing about uh, I was my original say about, copy has gone AWOL, so I don't know. Oh, you know, a great Probably, thing about uh, the, the thief that stole right, Dan yeah. stole it's, mine. It's yeah. the same person. Yeah. It's the same guy. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, what, uh, another great thing about this album is, is it's got the credits to each song at the end of the song. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you're, you're listening to Lead Me On, you can see after the lyrics here, you can say Paul Lump, you know, played dr- play drums, you know, Mike Brigandello played bass. So it's all laid out song, you know, per song rather than at the end of the credits, you know, you're right. played on the album. So, yeah, I love nice that. Okay, so, yep. so yep. David, uh, in... The inside cover of the CD, it has all those other pictures of Amy Grant, right? It does. Okay, very bottom left corner next to A&M. Oh, next boy. Next to A&M. It says okay. what? Mur. Oh, yours says Mur? Mur and then DDD. There you go. DDD, the triple Ds right there. 3D. Oh, the 3Ds. Wow. Wow. I see. Three years yeah. later. Man. It was dedicated Here to us. Are. Wow. <laughs> Do we get some royalties for that? I mean, <laughs> no kidding. What, what does that What does that mean anyway? DDD does this say? Can you read it? Digital, yeah, it's digital. Um, record, mixed, and mastered. Okay. So the whole process was there. Digital. We are. We're all, we're all digital. So, Got it. Yep, Sweet. we're all digital. So so they yep. chose not to. So they have all these other pictures of Amy Grant, but they chose not to do separate album covers like Unguarded. You know where we, That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then we have. And there's a dis- there's a distinct lack of leopard print yes. coats on this one too. <laughs> I was going to say that's missing. so. Let's talk about the album cover, which is so again you don't have Amy sm- not smiling, so we know that's probably going to be a good album. It's going to be a good album. Yeah. Yeah. I would say she's not smiling. Would you? Yeah, okay. she's not. Yeah. No, she looks pensive. Yeah, very pensive, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice yeah, and then inside yeah. we've got nice. to look down into the left. On a couple of them. Now, she does have a smile on one of them, uh, but a lot more pensive. Yeah. Well, and she's sitting on a stool contemplating something in one of the pictures, right. too. Like she's thinking hard about yeah. something. I know what she's thinking. What? She's thinking, I'm wondering what the 3Ds are going to say about this album. <laughs> 20, 35 years later, whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 32 years later. I wonder what they're going to say. And then she's probably thinking, I don't care. <laughs> that, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I don't think she'll care. <laughs> But we're going to make her care because we're going to dive in. Okay, so, uh, uh, okay one other thing then on the cassette. No, 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 no. We're no, no, in. No, nope. on, on the cassette. <laughs> so you, you guys don't have a cassette, right? So on the cassette, no. they only have 10 tracks. Yeah. That's right. I remember missing that, yeah. two. So we'll talk about that. Yes. And then the cassette inside says, uh, on, instead of side one, it says program one. And then inside two, it's program two. So any any thoughts why? No, Derek, what um, do you think? I don't okay. know. That's that's a so really good a, question. Yeah. I call program I one and program two, like program one and program two. Computer brains. <laughs> computer <laughs> brains. I just wrote it in there. Just... <laughs> Every episode we have a computer yes. brains reference. <laughs> Let me point out one other thing about the the credits here before. Um, before we go on, um, it says in the credits, this, um, 
I want to make sure I read this right. This project was created and developed between the plaster, wood, brick, and mortar environments of the Bennett House, Riverstone Farm, the Castle, Buchanan House, and Ground Star. Now, those are obviously the recording studios. But what I want to point out is they're really trying to push away from kind of the processed, yes, heavy synth of Unguarded by saying plaster, wood, brick, mm-hmm. mortar. They're oh, really stressing yeah. tactile. You know, this was made by humans working together mm-hmm. in the within the confines of these recording studios. Right. So I think that's a kind of a subtle little jab at Unguarded to say... Very different. Um, if you came here expecting Unguarded version 2.0, you're not going to yeah. get that. Yeah. Well, one of the interview... So the interview tracks on Spotify, the 20th anniversary edition, she talks about recording in the house or in, in a house. And mm-hmm. they like put microphones up in different floors of the house and in other rooms yep. and... I'm like, wow, I had no idea. And now, of course, now when I hear that and I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, I think I can hear that. It's very <laughs> interesting. So cool. That is really yeah. cool. Yeah. So pretty wild. All right. We want to get into the tracks now. Okay. You bet. So yep. again, very different opening from the very first song on Unguarded. We got 1974. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, just lots of great players on this one. Dan Huff, just playing a 12 string guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Can you tell from that, Derek? I can you. Okay. Oh yeah, very much. Yeah. Yep. Sounds yep. sounds great. Uh, but again, very yep. sets the tempo um, for this album. Yeah, I. You know, it was funny. I I, I put in my CD because I'm a CD guy. I, anything that's kind of like physical media, I'll always pick that over streaming or MP3s or whatever. And so that that opening kind of hand clap thing. And then the little zither thing that Jerry McPherson plays just that. Yeah. And then the track starts. I just started to get tears in my eyes mm. because it just reminds me of this album coming out on kind of where I was at that. You know, yeah. It's just funny how music could Take just, just even just a few right. notes. I mean, I, I'm like, for example, I'm always like that with the, Bruce Hornsby's opening piano riff on the end of The Innocence by Don Henley. Yeah. And so this song does the exact same thing to me. And it was almost like it was un, it was a it was an automatic response. It wasn't like I I sure I'm looking forward to being sad as I put this CD right. in in three, two, one. It just Right. I was just almost like, you know, you tap your knee and your your knee your leg jerks and I heard the opening couple of notes of this album and that's that just hit me. So I, I don't know if you guys have ever had that, but yeah, Boy, that sure hit me right away. I actually, I had a similar experience. I put my headphones on to listen to this again, and you're right when the when the guitars come in there, it just took me back to 1989. And yeah. he, listening to this album through headphones, you could just hear everything going on. And oh, Amy's yeah. all, Amy's always been so good about, about being so expressive with her vocals. Um, and so, yeah, it took me right back to this year. I knew exactly what I was doing, where I was when mm-hmm. I heard it for the first time. And I knew immediately, like Dan said, that this was not Unguarded Part 2. This was something completely different. And she starts it off with a song about her discovery of faith, you know, in 1974, right. and gets you started on this journey of what is going to be just a fantastic uh, album. Right. And she starts an album about leading me on, which you would assume being forward by taking you back. Mm-hmm. True. So she she's like, before I lead you on to other things going forward, 
I got to take you back to 1974 when we were young and none of us knew quite what to say. Yeah. Right. And very, I mean, what's interesting is also very reflective. So, um, Oh yeah. I think this is one of those, well, let me go back to my roots, you know, coming off of unguarded yeah. too. I think a little poppy and all that kind of thing. And then it's, wow, let's go back to the beginning. And yep. so yeah. interesting. Um, I love the uh, I love the line. We were the flame burning into the darkness, shining out from inside us. Mm-hmm. You know about yeah. you know, when they first came yeah. in their faith and how you're on fire. You know, and you're you know you're the flame. Yeah, the part that cracked me up in this in the credits, uh, you know, which are obviously right there after the song, which is always appreciated, was um, Lenny Castro's listing. You know, he's plays percussion. Lenny Castro has played on more albums than yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane how many albums Lenny Castro has played on. But also on this, he plays a Smith Corona 1967 type. Okay. Uh, yeah. You're right. That's, that's what it says. Smith Corona 1967. That's right. So, <laughs> so I think you can hear kind of way back in the background, kind of keys clicking as part of the percussion. So they probably wow. recorded it and looped it. But anyway, that just cracked me up that they credit. Lenny Castro is playing a Smith Corona 1967 type. Yeah, that's great. And then you think you know, a lot of times when you hear these background vocals or overlays, you think there's other artists involved, and she does her own backing vocals. So kind of give it, yeah, kind of give it that oh, haunting so... sound. Yeah, you know, going back. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah. Great. And then, Love it. so then we get into the title track number two, "Lead Me On." Um, and mm-hmm. what I remember about this was when this first came out, just those three words together, lead me on from Amy Grant was like, people were like, well, that's just so sexual. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. I was, I, because I had wondered if I had misremembered that that yeah. was taken in a sexual way. It was. Okay. All right. I, 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 I thought. Maybe I had not remembered that correctly, but that's the way it was taken. Well, I don't remember that. I, really? Uh-huh. It, was it like a, a bunch of people and it was a controversial? Yeah, it, it kind of had, it was really? kind of like, you know, a striper does those things like to hell with the devil or something like that. And they twist these words to mean yeah. something or twist the way they mean it. Mean it. Um, I think people were huh. thinking, oh my gosh, this leave me on is going to be, well, she's using these lyrics to, you know, twist right. some other meaning into it. Um, yeah, okay. so it it was, and it was very interesting. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> it's like listen yeah. to the words, and but we right. got some amazing okay. powerhouse yeah. writers on this. So we got Amy, Michael, and Wayne Kirkpatrick. I mean, just yeah. can't yeah. get any better. Yeah. <laughs> no, Perfect. Yeah. I heard Michael say one time, uh, Michael W. Smith, uh, that uh, this is his favorite song that he wrote for someone else. Yep. Oh so, wow, that's saying something. Yeah. And Ben Montench from the Heartbreakers is on this one as well. And I think he shows up again. I think it's on mm-hmm. Faithless Heart. Um, um, nope, he doesn't. I lied. Never mind. Yeah, okay. Edit that out. <laughs> okay, gone. <laughs> gone. Out of bounds. <laughs> but no, I, I had not remembered that, Dan. I, I vaguely remembered it and then just figured I had remembered it wrong. So yeah, that's interesting that you say that. That's. And this also features um, the Bill Champlin, Tommy Thunderbird show on background vocals. Oh, yeah. um, so this that's that's one of the highlights of this. Yes. That's right. Um, of this. And song then they do so on the 20th anniversary edition. This is where they do the leave, leave me on live. Well, they do two versions: acoustic mm-hmm. and live. Mm-hmm. And what did you guys think of the live version? Or did you hear it? I didn't hear I it. I did. 
I did not. I yeah, it was okay. Um, Amy put out a much later album, a live album called Time Again. Um, it falls well outside of our eighty-five to ninety-five, um, and that, the version of "Leave Me On" there is really nice. Yeah, and I think she opens the show with it. Yeah, actually. she does. You're right. She does. Um, but yeah, I wasn't crazy about the live version. Well, I was the same way. I was like, it seemed like it was going really well until, and I don't know if, if Tommy Funderburk or Bill were on the tour. I'm guessing probably not. Um, so whoever it, tried yeah. to do that at the end, uh, they were not Tommy or Bill. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, yeah. Yeah, I think the core of it was pretty good. I thought it sounded really well um, in my headphones. But uh, yeah, that was the only part I was like, hmm, probably could have done without that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so anything else on that? I agree. Yeah, well, I've yeah. got a quick tidbit yeah. about it that yeah. um, she was heavily pregnant and, in fact, went into labor on the night she was recording this track. Wow. And oh, so then, with Matthew, yes, right? Her son, the next Matthew. Day she had Matthew, wow. who, of course, yep. she thinks on the album credits. Um, but yeah, isn't that interesting that she went into labor the night she was recording Leave Me On? So that might That's not have been Sally Funderburg. Yeah. Screaming this. Right. Oh, maybe it was, yeah. it was Matthew. <laughs> it was Matthew. Okay, great. Good to know. See, we we uncover all the characters right. on That's this right. podcast. Perfect. And it's a really long track. I mean, five thirty-five. Yeah. That's. Yep. And that's another reason why this isn't a singles yes. album. There's lots of long yeah. songs. Yeah, right. these are the favorite DJs go to the restroom song back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, then we go and so, then we go from there into shadows. Um, and in her, in the interview portion on the 20th anniversary CD, she says, this is the story. This is my story. Hmm. Of, this is my mm-hmm. story of me. I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Um, but again, yeah. great lyrics, great music, um, got great backing vocals. We've got Wayne, Chris Rodriguez, Chris Harris, um, Dan Huff, all the usual players on there. Um, I like this song a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. This this I mean I have about seventeen hundred favorite Dan Huff <laughs> yes. guitar solos. Yeah. And this and this is my favorite at this very moment. Okay. At at that at the time we record this now five minutes from now it'll be a different one of that right. seventeen hundred. But I just man I just he this is it just fits the song so perfectly. Yeah. And everything Dan does yes. fits the song perfectly. But um, <laughs> this one just, I, I was really just, you know, knocked back how good this guitar solo is and fits so yeah. well. So, yeah, five minutes from now, it'll be a different Dan Huff solo. But at <laughs> right. this very second, it's this one. So I always pictured Amy seeing this with an angel on her right shoulder and like the devil on her left mm-hmm. shoulder. You yeah, know, there's two of them. Yeah, her. there's two of her. The struggle, you know, in man between good and bad, you know, it's nothing new, but this song does such a good job of capturing that uh, that whole meaning, that whole, you know, problem we all have, you know, fighting the bad mm-hmm. and the good in this as well. Choices I make take me right between patches of light and darkness in me. Just, I mean, the lyrics are just fantastic. And like you said, the music is just spot on. And Shadows is one of the best tunes on the album. Right. Martin Luther calls it being simultaneously saint and sinner. Yes. So that's that's exactly what it is. Nice. And then we go from there to Saved by Love. And um, what uh, just a great segue into another great song 
Um, and you get, this is where you got uh, Ben Montench. Yeah. 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 I just, right. That's and right. Uh, just, again, what else is there to say? It's just, it's, it just hits on everything here. I, I like this is one of my favorites. Yep. It's definitely in my replay list. I think she wrote yeah. she wrote this about her sister. I think she said oh, that on that live okay. album, right, Derek? That's right. That's right. That, yes, that's that's correct. Her sister's not named Laura, right. but um, Laura loves her little family. Yeah. So I can't remember what her sister's name is, but she did say this was written about her yeah. sister. Like so. the first verse is about her sister, it sounds like, and then the second verse is kind of about her and how she sees herself. And yeah, this yeah. is just this is another one at the top of the album. I think this got a little bit of radio play. Didn't do very well, but this is another single, I think, for the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. This again, yeah, uh, go, this one did go to number I, one on Christian radio, and it went okay. Oh, it okay. went to thirty-two on the adult contemporary Billboard, which was oh. pretty decent. Um, yeah, it is. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is a, such a a mature lyric. I mean. You listen to the Amy of old, the wrote Giggle and Fat Baby and, you know, some of these kind of, you know, I guess, you know, fluffier kind of throwaway type funny songs. And boy, it just shows how far she's come yeah. in a short amount of time to write something like this. Right. Um, just she really just grew leaps and bounds as a songwriter over the years. And this is and one of her best ones. This was the first single released on it, actually. Yeah. Oh, and then leave okay. it on the second. So this go. was first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, and then we go into track number five, "Faithless Heart." Um, very mm-hmm. again, kind of ghostly, um, very searching, um, and yeah, I don't know. Very interesting. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just a very personal yeah. song on the album. It's a, almost like a little bit uncomfortable to listen to, um, but yeah. you know, it talks about being drawn away from your commitment to another when you're going through times of trouble, and then trying somehow, you know, to find the strength to stay. And it's something that you know a lot of us deal with. But she's singing about it pretty openly, which I think back then, um, and even now, you don't hear a lot of, especially in Christian music. Yeah, and I'd for I'd for looking at the credits to this, I'd forgotten that Michael had a hand in the writing of this song. So I oh, yeah. found it interesting that Michael was. I figured this was an Amy song and only mm-hmm. an Amy song, but um, Michael probably was helpful with a lot of the music. I will say too, boy, listen to this in headphones and listen to Mike Brignardello's bass line on this song. It is if you took that out, that would really unmake this song. Um, it's a great example of having a, what a great mm-hmm. bass player really brings to a song. Yeah. So there's your homework, dear listener, is put on your headphones, your earbuds, whatever you have, and listen to Mike Brignardello's bass line, Faithless Heart. It is so, so good. It's so understated, and yet it's so perfect. And the song. tone of her lyrics, just that real breathy, um, hum- uh, kind of like a humble but, or like a, yeah. like a humble, passionate tone. Yeah, a weird, a weirdness a too in there. Yes, yeah, a because at the very end, when she's like, "So don't come around," you know, she, yeah, it just whispers it. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Powerful. Yeah, that's very yeah, yeah very powerful. right. Um, and then we go into track number six. What about the love? 
And uh, so this one starts side two. So we got those were the first five that started side one or program right. one. Program uh, one. I was going to say program two here, <laughs> Program Dan, two. Uh, so it starts side two. And uh, I like the, again, the questions. Um, I don't know. I really like how, how it approaches this subject. Yeah. Yeah. This one was written by a, by a quote unquote secular songwriter, mm-hmm. Janice Ian, who wrote um, the song at 17. If you know, if you listen to pop radio in the seventies, like I did, um, there's a song mm. called at 17 um, that she's kind of famous for. So this is another one. This I, I'd never heard of what about the love until Amy sang it. So um, this was definitely not one that I'd ever heard of before this album. Oh, so this is a, a remake Eden was one of the writer. It, oh, huh. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Yep. And yeah. It, yeah. It's a song that, uh, yeah. you know, it's still relevant today. Just turn on the TV and you ask about yourself, you ask yourself, well, what about the love? Where's the love? You know, she sings about legalism and working on wall street, a sick neighbor, you know, that, that goes into a home and looks around and she's like, is this all there is? And then at the last verse, really is haunting when she says, I looked into the mirror, proud as I can be, and saw my pointing finger pointing back at me saying, who named you accuser? It's like, wow, wait a yeah. minute. You know, it's the old saying, you yeah. know, you point a finger at someone else, you get three pointing back at you. Um, yeah, just yeah. a powerful song. Yeah, I like how that bridge slows down, yeah. and then it kicks right back in with something's wrong in heaven. Yes. So I like that. Right, yeah. yeah. And then the, what is it, kind of a, wine like a wine from the guitar or something where it goes through the i can't do it very well <laughs> that sounds terrible but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah do it again I, yeah one more time another diet doctor for me watch yeah. before i do this okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> but yeah I, I like that where it, it just sounds kind of that haunting you know questioning sound it's pretty cool in there yeah probably put that together yeah that's got to be, I think, and that's probably Jerry. Well, I don't know. It could be Dan. Mm-hmm. It's either Dan or Jerry. Mm-hmm. And adding that so. in there. Um, and then yep. we go into number seven, If These Walls Could Speak. So, oh, my goodness. Total heart-tugging song. And once, uh, you, you need yep, a tissue. once you've owned a couple houses or so, or you've moved a couple times, then yes. you go, ooh, heart-tugging song. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. so my story on this is when – uh, shortly, or not too far after I married my wife, Jana, that uh, my in-laws moved out of their home of many, many years in Hayes, Kansas. And when they moved out, I made a video with this song and then showing them moving out in slow motion and then and then uh, panning to the empty uh, walls and the empty rooms. And so I'm like, here, I got something to show you. I made everybody cry. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh goodness! What do you go to? Uh, no, it was brutal. You're brutal. <laughs> uh, but it was just uh, so. That's Man. my story on that one. I just I love it. Great song. Yeah, the imagery, you know, of life going on in a house. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also very emotional. You know, when you think about, like you said, moving from a house, or maybe you know, I know Dan, you're getting close to being empty nesters, like we are, and you know, your house just changes over the years. But you know, you look at the walls, and you're like, if, if these walls could speak, what would they say? And, yeah, just a powerful song, powerful lyric. Yeah, I I can hardly talk about this song. It's just, it's that good. Again, it's kind of the same reaction as 1974 yeah. for me. Um, and the this is not obviously a, an Amy Michael Wayne song. This is written by the great Jimmy Webb, who has written so many. Yep. Cla- I mean, he is 
Jimmy Webb is a songwriting icon. I mean, he's up there with Randy Newman and uh, Carol King and some of the finest songwriters ever that we've produced. Um, up, up and away by the time I got to Phoenix, Wichita Lyman, Galveston, MacArthur Park. Um, he's written so many just amazingly well-known songs. And so Amy picked this one up and, and I think probably I've heard three or four versions of this really? song. I didn't know there's Amy's other is by far. Oh yeah. Huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. There's other ones and hers is by far yeah. the definitive one. I can't it's imagine just, somebody else it's not even close. doing a better job than this. No, honestly. <laughs> no, it's, it's so good. And I mean, there's so many, you know, we sometimes highlight our favorite lyrics and songs, but I'm, I'm telling you, there's this, this line. Um, if these old fashioned window panes were eyes, I guess they would have seen it all. Each little tear and sigh <laughs> and footfall. <laughs> I mean, when you, can, when you can rhyme footfall, yes. <laughs> when you can rhyme footfall, yes. as Jimmy Webb did in this song, uh, yes. that's so yeah. good. And yeah, and she just, her vocal is just perfect on the song. Yeah, it's so, just amazing. And the, the, she does the, she does a live version of, of this at the end of the time again, uh, I think it's on the DVD of the time again concert that she did in the early two thousands. And it's equally good. It's very good. It's, it's, she just, well, and my, it. one of my favorite parts so, is, so it fades great. out and her, again, her airy kind of whispery vocal fades out and it stops. And you think, Oh, that just heart talk. Yeah. And then they bring the piano right back in. So very empty music instrument again in my mouth. Yeah. Sounds yeah. There you go. <laughs> So, no, it's, it was fantastic. Okay, then we go into All Right. So then we come out of a very slow song into All Right. Now, this one's one of my personal favorites. Because, again, a little more, little more shredding, yeah. a little more upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. no, I just, it's one of my favorites, <laughs> for sure. Okay. And more Ben Mott Tench right. from the Heartbreakers. Yeah, so he's on this Well, song. look at the list of background yes. vocals on this song. Oh, I Dave know. Perkins, it's Russ hilarious. Taft, he's got Randy Stonehill, Chris Eaton, Chris Harris, Chris Rodriguez, Gary Chapman, Winker Patrick, Bill Champlin, Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, everybody's on this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> this is well, I don't see okay. Santa Claus, but maybe you've I got, thought I heard, I thought you've I heard got that a ho, different ho, ho, version than I do. This is the, I'm sorry, I've got the yeah. Christmas <laughs> version of Leaving on. That's the problem. <laughs> you, you didn't get what you wanted Christmas. for Christmas. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> See you at the mistletoe. <laughs> oh, nice. No, no yeah, this is, uh, I agree, Dan. This, is, this might be my favorite of the album. This is, I love the song yeah. so much. Um, it's just a song. It's got a little bit of Southern rock in it. You know, the tempo's there and the message, you know, somebody searching that's going through something you know, tough and realize it's going to be all right. I mean, it's just, yeah. Love. All right. And then whoever does yeah, that vocal, a good one. similar to the Champlain or uh, Champlain video or lyrics there, but he's not on there, but I don't know who does that, but they do a great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah Bill Champlain. Oh, in the sure background yeah. Yeah, for that might be him. Be him. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think it's a female voice kind of, uh -huh. are you talking yeah. about the female voice right at the end or, I think it might oh, be yes, Donna McElroy. I don't know for yep. sure, but yeah, um, I think yeah, that might be on her. this. So, yeah, well, I can't tell the difference. Yep. So, whatever it is, it sounds amazing. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, it does. Yep, it does sound good. I, I give and you then that. we go into, uh, okay, so it depends upon if you're in the CD or the cassette. If you're in the cassette, you're not going right. to hear this song. If you're on the CD, you're going to yeah. hear Wait for the Healing. Yes. And, yeah. Right. Now, has anyone looked into if the if Wait for the Healing and If You Have to Go Away, which is the other one that's missing from the cassette, were either of these on the vinyl? Oh, I don't or know. Not? Good question. Hmm. Good question. We should. Okay, so someone talk while I. Well, I've got. This. Hang on. I've got a I'll, quick little I'll... story about the song. Is that I had the cassette. Okay. And I, so I didn't even know this song existed until I heard it on the mighty Z91. Wow. Oh, wow. I heard it spinning. I'm like, where is that Amy Grant song? That is fantastic. And so then once I learned it was on the CD, well, I went and got the CD. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites on on the album. Nope. Okay. Yeah. And they are not on the vinyl. The two extra tracks are not on the vinyl. Man. No, they're not. Now, I, I'm, I'm very much assuming here, but I'm betting what's going on here is um, you could only put right. a certain so. amount of minutes on and vinyl. Cassette. And so, well, but see, that's the thing is <clears throat> cassette, you're really only limited by, you can make longer cassettes. You can make long playing cassettes. So I, I think that's interesting mm-hmm. they left it off mm-hmm. the cassette. Um. But it sure is on the CD because at that right. time you could get seventy-four minutes on a CD. Yeah. So, and they expanded that to eighty later on. But at that time you could get seventy-four minutes. Well, on and there was CD. an incentive also to buy the CD because CD spring for the yeah, extra money. Buy both, yeah, coming out exactly. Yep. So instead of buying the extra, yep. right. so instead of buying unguarded the CDs extra covers, back you had to buy this for extra songs. <laughs> That's it, right? I'm all and and what good, what good songs so, they were, so it has too. this violin in there, I um, which is amazing. Um, oh yes, is it a violin or a fiddle? Well, yeah, I don't know. On the, the on here it says violin. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean violin is the right. instrument he's playing. You can play it in fiddle right. styles. So um, there's a difference between fiddling and oh, yeah, a concert I'm, I'm fiddling all the time. Right. Oh yeah, Tchaikovsky or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speak yeah. for yourself, young man. So, uh, well, then on the 20th anniversary <laughs> edition, they have the live version of this. Have you listened to the live version of this? Yes. yes. Isn't that where Terry McMillan goes to town? Goes on harmonica? to town. Two and a half yes. minutes harmonica solo at the end. Wow. So, yep. Yep. I remember that live. Do you remember I that? I do day? not That's actually. when he was getting nachos. Oh, just that's tore right. that yeah. house down. Yeah, that's was, when he was getting I was getting nachos. my nachos at that point, Derek. And, he, and he walked right that. back in. He's like, what was that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait. No, he, he heard Wait for the Healing. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know this song. I only this have is a not cassette. a hit. Why did he play this? <laughs> yeah, what is this? This isn't Fat Baby. Nachos time. That was it. How did you know? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I just I called it. I just took a wild guess. That's I right. know you and nachos. <laughs> Got to have the nachos just... <laughs> at the Amy Grant show. Sorry. Got to have the nachos. No, Mark O'Connor is a famous, famous fiddle player. I mean, he's done just uh, – he's got to be a multiple Grammy-winning wow. violinist fiddle player. So when she got Mark O'Connor, that was huge. I mean, he is he is kind of a uh, – he just can play everything. I mean, he's a – world-class fiddle player and then he switches over to guitar and he's a world-class flat pick 
acoustic guitar player, and then he switches over to mandolin, and he's equally wow. as good on mandolin. He he's really kind of a wow. musical polymath. Well, I just, just looked him up. Everything. I just looked him up on Discogs, so. and he only now, has if, 354 instrument credits. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, only Man. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. And if you're familiar with um, Home for Christmas, which I think is the, the 91 okay. Amy Grant Christmas album. There's the Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring, and then it goes into a big fiddle solo, oh, which is Mark yeah. O'Connor. So next time you're listening, you know, in a few months to Home for Christmas, that's Mark O'Connor right toward the ends of the album playing that big fiddle solo on Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring, and then there's mm. a big fiddle okay. solo. It's him. So, well, yep, there well, you he go. Great job on this, no doubt. Yeah. He and does. then we he go, sure so we wait for the healing, and after we wait for the healing, then we're sure enough. Track number 10. Um, and yep. another one of my personal favorites. I just love the sound. Russ Taff also, again, on here, backing vocals. Uh, Lenny Castro, nice. McBrigandello. Yeah. Is it writing it or part of writing it? Shane Keister and Winker Patrick. So no Amy writing on this one. But uh, I like, I just, I love the yeah. lyrics, the message, and how it all works. The bass line is such a big part of the verses it's got a very distinctive kind of baseline that lays kind of funny in the time and i bet that's why mm, they credited okay. him with a co-write on this is because of that baseline in the verses so again put on your headphones and listen yes. to mike brignardello's bass because it's it's so good on this song so right and dan have yes i have it oh, i have it in my notes the little I was going to say, you. I love you go the right ahead. reggae breakdown in the middle, followed with his solo, and it's just fantastic. Yes. You know, it's just, it's so unexpected in this yep. song. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, where are they going with this? And, you know, and of course the lyrics are just, it's a great love song, you know, saying she's so sure about yep. this. She's in it for the long haul. You know, it's just, yeah, great tune. Dan Huff, shredding. And, and my wife and I have listened to this album. This is one of our go-tos when we go on like uh, road trips or something like for driving and we have a car with a CD player or something that's got like Bluetooth. And so every time we get to um, developing the art of collaboration, it's dinner and a movie and a baby or two. I will always right. say um, it's dinner and a movie and a baby or seven, <laughs> right. which is what, which is how many we have. So uh, a baby or seven. So yeah, just a, that just personalizing the lyrics. That's all, and it's just harder to rhyme. Yeah, seven, just personalizing. Yeah. It is seven. It is, and there it doesn't really yeah. fit the iambic <laughs> foot of the poetry. But iambic I, foot. Wow. Know, whatever. Nice. Good. Good job, Derek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Then we go from there into another <laughs> into another. Uh, it's not on a cassette, not on the vinyl. You're going to find it on the CD, and it's if you have to go away. So I think when they looked at the track titles and they thought, which yeah. of these should not be on the cassette if you have to go away? It would go away. If the song has to go away, it's got to go, gotta go if away. If the song has, has to, to go away, it has to be this one. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I like it. Yeah. I think they did another great job here. Yeah, this is the only kind of slight in quality i think for me I, this is the one well, you I wouldn't skip. skip it from the album um i did <laughs> do it for yeah, you that's true <laughs> it, it sure wouldn't and if it if i have to skip a song it has to right. be this one so um yeah this is the only dip in quality for me um it's it's okay it's nice um 
it, it the the um the the um the quote right at the end or the the line that she sings right at the end uh let's see maybe um oh where does she say it um maybe you'll write me this time yes. maybe you'll call on a static line <laughs> it just it cracked me up so that you know that's especially the, for right. especially calling the on a landline um, you weren't, weren't calling yes. from a bag phone right no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were not calling for. And that. the other that was kind of uh, a little yeah. risque was when she says, "I'll be loving you till it's cold in hell." Oh, and we had we right. have people singing. Yeah, that. she like, did oh, say that. Christian song singing that. Ooh, you can't yeah. say that. Yeah. Oops. yeah, she did I, say I that. I put down on this one that it's the, the one. Uh, maybe there's some others on the album, but I, this is the one that had the catchy little pop chorus. This song sounded more pop to mm-hmm. me than. The rest of the album, if I'm kind of like you, Derek, this is one I typically skip um, when I'm listening back. Um, yeah. You know, I just, for whatever reason, you know, it's a great song about loving somebody on the road. Now, do you think she's writing this about her or about Gary at the time? You know, that's a good point. I don't know. That's, I, yeah. She's singing it, and so she's saying maybe he'll write me this time. Maybe right. he'll call on a static line. So she's singing it from the feminine toward the masculine. She was probably... So yeah, that's... You no, will, she yeah. doesn't. Maybe you'll yeah. write me this time. So it could go either Gary to her or her to... I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. Maybe you'll write and me then, this time. That's well, you a know, good that's, point. That's what we try to do on this podcast yeah. is make people yeah. think. So that's what we're doing. Right. And talk about <laughs> iambic foot because that's very good. <laughs> nothing like I am a to get that people right. going, I repeating your podcast. My wife was like, get that out of here. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing you got <laughs> penicillin because that's it's painful. That's all you needed for, was so, another ambic. So yes. then we, so as, so as is true to the 80s here, we kind of end with a song that's slow, uh, kind of a recollecting song, say once more. So. I like the haunting, again, kind of this haunting yeah. song, lyric, makes me very sentimental, sentimental, of course, for my wife for 26 years. Mike Brignadella has been the bass player on every other song in this track, on the CD, except for this one. And we get into Jimmy Lee Slows mm-hmm. on the bass. I like it. I think I love what he does yeah. here. Go, so if you're, okay, a little homework. Oh, I do if you too. go three I, minutes yeah. into the song, uh, Jimmy starts doing some great little bass flourishes i guess i'd call them um and just does an amazing job there and the other person yep. that's on here is keith thomas on keyboards from allies yeah really that is i think it, so it, that's it's that keith thomas oh is that i was thinking it was the producer that's what keith i thought thomas. hello okay well the other, the i other had dynamic foot sorry point, derek <laughs> You, maybe you can oh. you can answer this. What yeah. is a synclavier? I guess it's a kind of keyboard. That's what it's listed here. Oh, a syn- yeah, yeah, synclavier. Um, it was um, it's a keyboard. It's a kind of a early '80s, late '70s, early '80s keyboard developed by I think the name of the company was New England okay. Digital. I want to say anyway, oh. it was one of the first sampling keyboards. It could sample. Um, live sounds nice. and kind of play them back. So if you think of um, John Slick's keyboard solo, uh-huh. the Jesus Loves You keyboard solo, 
um, yep. on Captured in Time and Space. Obviously, someone had to say Jesus loves you, and then it got sampled and kind of turned right. into kind of a got it. Okay. hokey keyboard solo. So, um, yeah, so it's, gotcha. a, it's an early sampling keyboard. So, yeah, that's so that's that is. Um, did it, I, I'm, I need to open my it CD. It does. On the CD, it says Keith Thomas song? and Brett Perry on the Synclavier. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, I see that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, um, it was considered such a new and revolutionary instrument. It was you kind of credited it yeah. to show wow. that you had it on your album. So that's, Thanks for the that's tidbit. True. That's good stuff. Good. Yep, there you go. Yep. I hope I got the New England Digital right, <laughs> All right. so I'll fix it in the mix if I didn't get it right. Yeah, and I think too, um, this um, this say once more. Um, I, I I love it. It, it kind of develops its own rhythm. Um, let me say once more that I love you. Let me say one time, maybe two, that I love the way you love me, and I wish I knew more of you. And then later on you think she's going to repeat it. Um, let me say once more that I love you one more time, maybe two, but then she doesn't. Oh, my life will always be richer for the time I've spent here with you. And that change of yeah. lyric always grabs me. That, Cause I'm always expecting her to say yeah. the original lyric, but she changes it just slightly. And it's just, it always, it gets me every time. Just like, Oh yeah, my life will always yeah. be richer for the time I've spent is, here with you. So that is a good twist a good, right there. Yeah. That's a good love song. Yep. Nice. Great. All right. Well, that reaches the end of our tracks. Anything else to add? Yeah, I, 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 I go back to something Dave said at the beginning. This is such an organic sounding album. And yeah, there's keyboards all over it. But I think um, by foregrounding the Hammond B3, as, as she did on a lot of these songs whether it's Ben Montage or it's um, um, somebody else playing it. Um, I, I think that was such a great idea to make the, the digital keyboards kind of there, but not in your face there. And so you've got a lot of violins, mandolins, acoustic guitars, Hammond B3. And I think those choices has... Those are the kind of choices that they made that helped this album stand yeah. the test of time. I was going to say, that's the thing I, that sticks with me with this album is the timelessness of the music. Uh, you know, if you, if you go back, listeners go back and yep. listen to our first pod- podcast where we talked about listening uh, during COVID, uh, the pandemic, you know, I mentioned, I listened to this album and uh, it's just one that I could put in and I can't tell it's, it was made in 89, you know? The music and lyrics uh, are still right. relevant, and it's just a, a timeless classic, I think. Now, I will say, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I am betting that these drums were, I, if, I, if I'm thinking back right, I think they used the Roland R8 drum machine on this album. Um, the Roland R8 was... Um, and maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's some of it sounds like the Roland R8. Some of the drum sounds. Um, the Roland R8 was an amazing drum machine at the time, um, and so some of these drum sounds sound vaguely like the Roland R8. So I, I would love to 
ask Brown or did you guys use a combination of, you know, rolling drums and acoustic drums, or did you use regular drums to trigger the Roland or how did you do that? But, um, but again, the drum sounds are amazing on this album and they've, they've held up beautifully. So there's, there's electronic drums that sound completely sterile and weird. Um, you know, eighties synth pop. And then there's some like this that just sounds still, they fall so easy on the Absolutely. years, 32 years later. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. Was, uh, we'll just wrap this up then. That was uh, CCM and 3D with Dan, Derek, and Dave. And thank you so much for joining us and looking back at Amy Grant's yeah. Leave Me On from 1988. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, write a little review, be kind, all that kind of stuff. No, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> thanks for joining us. <laughs> Talk to you next yeah, time. Yeah, thanks a lot. The Lord be with you guys.